Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. We've talked a lot about the volatility in global share markets and cryptocurrencies and normal currencies, but with inflation soaring and interest rates rising around the world, I wanted to have a look at fixed income investments. We spoke last year to Dr. Christian Bayless, the founder and chief investment officer of Fort Lake Asset Management. At the time, Fort Lake was aiming to reach $1 billion in funds under management in five years. They hit that after just one year in December. Christian, congratulations on that and welcome back to Fear and Greed. Thanks, Sean. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. So bonds are back. It looks like bonds are back. <laughs> yes. Well, they're certainly repriced and they're definitely a lot cheaper uh, than what they were when I last talked to you. So it's um, certainly been a dramatic shift over a pretty short space of time. Okay. So, I mean, bonds are sometimes difficult for people to fully appreciate. I mean, you in the market, you know, sort of in second nature, but to the rest of us, because they're fixed income, you know you're getting a coupon every six months or every 12 months and whatever percent that is, that it, that's the case. But they also have a, a what they call a face value and you might buy it at that face value or for cheaper or for more. And so that's why we get this sort of somewhat confusing state where where when prices fall, yields rise, which is uh, just sort of an explanation there. Why is it that people are now investing the yield on bonds is more attractive well definitely the inflation dynamic is a huge factor there when you've got inflation at 9.1 percent in the us you've got you know inflation at 5.1 percent here in australia what you actually require as a bond investor is a greater level of compensation for that inflation so the thing i often point out to people which usually gives a, a pretty stark realization of, of of what it means to a fixed income investor when inflation is high is that when we look in australia as a, as a simple example you go well you know the cash rate being at 1.35 less the 5.1 percent inflation is you know a deeply negative real rate and that shows you as a as a fixed income investor you are not getting a, a great level of return with the current level of high inflation so what that actually means is that you really need to have the cash rate going higher and you really need to have every basis point in the nominal rate going higher to start to compensate you for that for that inflation loss so this is where the rba has a big problem at the moment is that every time that they move the nominal cash rate and move it higher to the 1.35 inflation keeps ticking high they need to keep racing and trying to keep ahead of that inflation rate so that's really the challenge and that really means that as as a fixed income investor you've got to keep repricing that yield higher particularly as inflation keeps going higher because ultimately you're getting nowhere in real terms and 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 a lot of this though is about inflation expectations too isn't it so that a lot of the pricing the mechanism you just described is how it works but a lot of investors are thinking what's going to happen in the future which is kind of why yields are where they are Absolutely. So, so typically what you'll find is that the inflation expectations along the yield curve should ultimately be priced into those fixed rate bonds um, commensurately. So if you've got five-year inflation expectations at 5%, ultimately that five-year part of the fixed rate curve uh, should also be incorporating that exact level of inflation expectation and should start to compensate you for that. Plus, you should actually have a risk premium there on top of that as well. Okay. So just the other thing, I mean, we're talking generally here about government bonds, which are relatively risk-free or as close to risk-free as you're going to get. We'll talk about uh, corporates and that in a moment. But the other thing I just want to mention, most other or many other asset classes are priced off bonds. So the point being that as bonds yields rise, 
the actual risk reward spectrum changes for other asset classes, Christian. Absolutely. So that's that's a critical point because especially with the volatility in the discount rates that you're seeing, that has to mean that as as that volatility gets ever and ever larger, which is certainly what, what's been happening, it becomes very hard for risk markets uh, to use a discount rate to value those cash flows because the movements that you're getting now are moving around huge amounts on a day-to-day, week-to-week and year-to-year basis. And therefore, um, it makes it very hard to pin down the core part of your valuation model. And that just has to mean that risk assets start to become definitely jittery and start to you know, factor in a greater degree of risk. So it's certainly something that you should start to start to focus on. What we originally found is that as we started to move into this higher inflation cycle, and, and interest rates started to move up, the volatility was more in the front part of the curve and that's transmitted out to the 10-year part of the curve and the 10-year part of the curve is obviously the most significant part of the curve for, for equities and other risk assets because that is typically the, or that part of the curve is the discount rate that, that most risk assets use. So that's the worrying thing I think for risk assets going forward is this is no longer a short end phenomenon. This has moved right along and it's gonna be like this for some time and particularly as inflation numbers keep surprising, it doesn't look like that volatility is gonna come down and anytime soon. Stay with me, Christian. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to Christian Bayless, founder and chief investment officer of Fort Lake Asset Management. Okay. So as, as we think about investing in fixed income markets, right? We're talking about government bonds, but what about the, the risk reward trade-off at corporate level, at semi level, which is state governments effectively, and then there's the uh, investment grade corporate bonds, and then high yield investments, which once were known as junk bonds, but we all seem to call them high yield now. What's the outlook for those sorts of areas of, of the curve, as we put it? Yeah, well, I think if we start at the if we start at the government level, you know, the thing some some fundamental things have, have taken shape. I think in the global economy, which are really interesting. So one of the biggest mistakes I think that 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 the West has made in relation to Russia was cancelling Russia's foreign currency reserves. What that ultimately meant was that that put a risk premium into risk free bonds. Mm, yeah. That is a sacrilegious type of event when when you have ultimately a situation where you've got China, which holds one point five trillion dollars worth of US treasuries. You've got the Saudis, you've got Brazil, you've got uh, many Asian economies who are recycling their FX reserves into US treasuries. All of these countries have always worked on the basis that at no point in time would the US treasury ever do something like what they've done. And that ultimately has to put an element of risk into the risk-free curve. And it just, it, it sets a precedent which I think is is particularly unhelpful, and no one disputes the, the the rationale for why they've done what they've done. But the second order consequences of that could be quite large, and so you've got to be you've got to be very careful when making these types of decisions, because at the end of the day, if you're holding U.S. Treasuries, you've been funding their current account deficit, you've been funding their fiscal deficit. They're running a huge trade deficit of one trillion dollars a year, which is fifty percent funded by China. Now all of a sudden. The Chinese, many of these Asian economies have, have been saying, well, we've been giving you all of this cheap funding. We've been getting inflated away now at 9.1% per annum on those on those treasury holdings. And we've basically been giving you money hand over fist to fund all of these deficits. And the only thing we ever wanted back was to get our money back. We, we were happy to lose money on that basis. But now what you're telling us is that 
if we don't act in the, the right way or in accordance with the rest Western rule of law, there is the possibility that you cancel those assets at some point in the future. And I think that's a really bad card to play at this at this time in the cycle because this is the point in time where the US really needs support. It's so important for the US to, to retain its reserve currency status. And the only thing that keeps your reserve currency status is trust. Since 1971, when the Bread and Woods Agreement effectively dissipated, currencies are fiat. And that just basically means that they're built on trust. There is no commodity that sits behind them like there used to be. And so once you once you start to chip away at that trust, you have a real issue. You know, and I always say the Swiss um, National Bank is the best example of, of what trust and confidence in a currency can do. You know, the, the Swiss have basically mm. for years and years always been able to get amazingly cheap funding. They've always had amazingly strong support for their currency, all on the basis of trust. And even they now are starting to uh, to make some questionable decisions, which are probably chipping away at the trust of their currency as well. So so these it's a very interesting world that, that we sit, sit within at the moment. You know, I'm not going to be able to say risk-free government bonds anymore. You've just ruined it for me. You've just turned all my thinking on my head. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a fundamental thing, and what that means is like it's the it's the base level yield that that we always yeah. assumed was risk free, and now it may not be. So that has to mean different things for risk assets. Is that if we ultimately can safely say now that there is no risk free asset in the world, that ultimately that risk free status can be tampered with based on particular events, that we need to reprice those assets. And, you know, look, on the 11th of April, that was a historical day. That was the first day that Chinese government bonds traded under US treasuries. And, you know, this is this is sort of happening before our eyes. And this, this could be the global community saying, look, these US treasuries no longer are the risk-free assets that we thought they were. And we are starting to get movement in these, in these types of prices now on the back of some of these decisions. Okay. So, so bring it back to me as an investor wanting to buy a Woolworths corporate bond. They're raising money. I want to buy a Woolworths bond. What about if I want to buy something further out the risk spectrum, which it might be an investment, sorry, a high yielding bond. What does all this mean for me as an investor wanting to get a return that's above the 4% 10-year government bond? So I'm thinking of, I'm not sure what it is, but let's say it's 5%, it's a bit arbitrary, uh, or beyond that. How should I think about that now? Well, I I think You've got to factor in all of these elements. So you've got to factor in inflation. You've got to you've got to factor in a higher risk world, which basically means that there's greater risk premiums that need to be factored into your thinking. And it also means that you've you've got to factor in a greater probability of default now because what's actually happened at the corporate level is that the equity market has now fallen, let's call it 25%. And then you've got to add inflation on top of that as well. So let's say the S&P 500 after inflation is definitely down over 30%. Here in Australia, we're definitely down over 20% in real terms. What that ultimately means is that the equity window has gone for a lot of these corporates, particularly at the higher yielding end. And what that means is that they've got to actually, or the preference would have to be that they go and raise raise funds from the debt markets if they can. But equally, the debt markets have now repriced and it's more expensive in debt markets. The spread on high yield bonds at the moment in the US is around about 
let's call it 550 basis points. In Europe, it's about 630 as we sit here today. It's very expensive via equity and now very expensive via the debt markets on spread. And then also your interest rates have gone up on top of that spread element. So what it basically is saying that the probability of default has gone up substantially. And just to give you an example of that, in the high yield market in the US, the probability of default going back four or five months ago was around about 24%. It now sits at around 33%. And that's basically telling you that the probability of, of mass defaults is increasing. And the, the more concerning thing I would say for the, for the general investor is that we've only had one default of that 33%. So the market's saying we've got 33 to go and you've only had one on that journey so far. And so the concerning thing there is is that the market is acknowledging this, this tougher environment to get the funding done and the rollover risks that exists. So as an investor, you really want to make sure that you're getting compensated adequately for the, for the current environment. Christian, it's been a great chat. I don't think it's been uplifting, to be perfectly honest, but I've learned a hell of a lot about fixed income investing. So thank you. Thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. No worries. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. That was Dr. Christian Bayless, founder and chief investment officer of Fort Lake Asset Management. This is a Fear and Greed daily interview. Remember, you should get professional advice before making any investment decisions. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.